Well, Familia, New York Comic Con is over this year, and we got feels on it, and we're going to recap it. And in order to recap it, we have our two amazing co-hosts, Scott and Sean. What's up, Familia? <laughs> you fucking troll. We did rock through the purpose to see who would get to say it, and, uh, and Scott won. <laughs> How are you guys? It's been It's been all of a day since we've seen each other. I am so depressed that I can't see you guys IRL anymore. I'm so relieved. <laughs> oh, you're relieved. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. it was a good good time, wasn't it? Body and most importantly, my liver have started on the road to recovery. Um, oh, that yeah. was so nice. That, that, yeah, I, I'm not quite there at the road to recovery yet, but I'm hoping to find find it sometime this week. I wasn't down to begin with. I mean, you guys are weak. I was like, let's continue drinking. And you guys are like, duh, no, I'm so hungover from the night before. We're all not high-functioning alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, but I was high on seeing you guys. Well, meeting you for the first time, Sean. Me and Scott met you for the first time at New York Comic Con. Yeah, it was, it was very good, very fun. Good that we don't hate each other in real life. That would have been awkward. <laughs> there were a couple of close calls, so. <laughs> we had a rock and roll weekend, let's just say that. <laughs> Stuff that will stay in the vault. Stuff that stay between us. Um, yeah, I was, I was high on, I was high on life. And, um, you know, getting to spend time with you and our uh, other amazing Power of X-Men family members, Michelle and uh, Hammy. Yeah. Uh, Hammy was a real villain of the weekend <laughs> of New York Comic Con. Hammy yeah. was just causing trouble everywhere. No, we could. Yeah. He was amazing. No, Michelle looked great. She. It was her first time in New York in general. And she did. She pulled off a lot of looks. And I had so much fun. It was a great. It was a great show. I thought it was a really great convention. And I think there was a lot happening. And I don't know if it was just because I was so excited to be with you guys that this year felt very different from years past. Scott and I were briefly talking about it. Because the last two years, we've sort of been bouncing back from COVID. And this was the first con that felt like back to normal, like 2019 New York Comic Con. So that's interesting because for me, it's my second New York Comic Con and I went last year and I only went for a, a day. Um, so I, like, I thought I, so like, I thought last year's was great. That's obviously why I went back this year. Um, but this year, like you, you said, you know, even I thought it was massive last year compared to let's say cons in Europe. And this year, I mean, dwarfed it. There were so many people, so much things going on. It was definitely, um, you know, if, if people have a con schedule for the year and they're considering it, it's definitely one I would say add to your list. It felt like, uh, it felt like the pre COVID days of, uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, it was back. Uh, people were, were out there enjoying themselves. Uh, it, uh it was very wet (laughs) i wasn't there for saturday sadly had to jet out but yeah i i feel like the vibe was back and and i just want to stress that because i think when i i've been doing the most cons i've ever have in the last year year and a half and i was like oh you know what i really enjoyed megacon and WonderCon, and maybe i would place those cons at a higher level than new york but no, New York has its own vibe. It has its own disti- distinguished feeling, especially when it's like autumn, it's fall, you're going into the Javits, the way the light falls in there, the venue is beautiful. And I think it's a good mixture of like pop news, vendors, and, and really respecting like publishing, like New York, you know, the publishing scene is very present there. And therefore you get a lot of the writers and a lot of the comic book talent is front and center versus you know, like San Diego, where it's more about like who are like the celebrities that are attending and what a big announcements are Disney or Warner Brothers doing. You know, the other thing too that I thought, and this is kind of like a boring logistics thing, but actually quite important. It's just really easy to get in and out of it too, considering the size. So mm-hmm. comparing it to MCM here in London, you go on a Saturday to MCM at like, let's say 11 or noon. It takes you a while to actually just get in because you have to wait in massive lines and queues. And considering the amount of people that were at the Javits Center each day, 
I mean, I don't think I waited more than five minutes to walk into the con from the street, which is, you know, when you're eager and you're in cosplay and you don't want to be outside, let's say sweating or in the rain, um, depending on the temperature, like it's actually something that's quite useful. Well, I feel like, thank God we got the the tickets at Will Call the oh yeah the, the day before because then if we had to wait on Thursday that would have been such a buzzkill. But yeah, it's it's so easy to get in. I've never had a problem waiting at some of these major cons. It's the only time I've ever had to like actually wait to go in was if I had to pick up my ticket at Will Call and then you're like, ah, oh, fuck. But okay, so we kicked off New York Comic Con at Soho House. In meatpacking, where all three of us got to Kiki before we would go out to Barcade. And that was the first time all three of us got to sit down and chat and get to know each other. And Sean, you lived up to our expectations. You were amazing. For the first few hours before we got to Barcade. And then I probably had one too many drinks. Oh, yeah, by the, by the time we met up with Pedro, with Essex, with Michelle and Michelle. Justin, we were hammy. We were, yeah. we were hammered. <laughs> At yeah. Barcade. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hammy couldn't figure out how to get into Soho House. So <laughs> he brought up the receipts. I didn't believe him either. And then he showed me the text messages and was saying he was waiting outside and we just ignored it. We, we were able to kick off going to Soho House and Barcade and we played the X Men arcade game. I think this was after you retired for the night, Sean, sadly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what we said. You retired for the evening. Retired for the evening. <laughs> And then we were able to kick off uh, Comic-Con officially the following morning. We went on Thursday, and I thought that was a really beautiful day. Yeah, it was. It's, I've never done a multi-day con, so it was nice to go and not feel the stress of having to do everything in the first day, um, which was also useful because I was not feeling overly well on Thursday after our Wednesday night shenanigans, so I didn't stay too long. Um but yeah, I think, you know, if anybody can get to a like a multi-day, multi-weekend con on one of the early days, if you want to shop and actually go and see things rather than just kind of meander and be part of the experience, I think that's probably the best day to do it. It allows you to get a good lay of the land, hit up all the boots and sort of get some of that more important stuff you really want to do out of the way. Um, especially in our case for coverage, and that gives you more time to do the panels, walk around the floor, take photos in your case cases since you guys were cosplaying. I mean, Thursday, it's also probably the least busy day. So if you do actually want to get to certain like exhibits or things, like uh, there's the uh, Insomniacs uh, booth for Spider-Man 2, where they have like, life-size statues of Spider-Man and... Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and people were taking pictures with them. And if you wanted to get up close, that was probably the best day to actually do it without having to wait for a significant amount of time. Uh, we also got to speak to the uh, Hasbro guys yes. um, uh, about the uh, HasLab uh, Giant Man. Yeah, and we 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 pressed him on Rachel Summers. We we pressed White on Rachel Summers because I was wearing the jacket that they sent over from Huff of Rachel Summers, and he was here like, "Oh, look at that in her hound costume. She's missing, isn't she?" So I think he kind of indirectly was confirming that Rachel is on the rise, and 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 Jeff and Pedro also went to go talk to Dwight and Pedro of course, comes with a list and agenda items uh, to advocate for a Marvel Legends crystal. And I think he beat, socially beat Dwight down into submission. And Dwight was like, you know what? If you're a big crystal fan, I think you're going to be happy soon enough. <laughs> so. they, they can do it in a two-pack with uh, Wanda and the Vision's neighbor who crystal... <laughs> <laughs> and cheats on Quicksilver with. To, to give context for people at home who don't know, in the first Vision and Scarlet Witch miniseries, which is sort of what WandaVision is based off of, Crystal, who is married to Quicksilver, has an affair with Wanda and Vision's neighbor. And you think, oh, it's because she's an inhuman, she's on Earth, the pollution's getting to her, there must be some kind of reason for it. Nope. There's no reason at all. She just really hates Quicksilver, and she had an affair with like an accountant from Paramus, New Jersey, and she was, she was like, "Yep, getting that CPA deck." <laughs> so we'll get Crystal neighbor, but I hope we're, we're we're hoping for a lockjaw. You know, 
we we talked to Dwight about the technology for the Haslab and and the different faceplates and how excited they were that they were able to implement the technology with the eyes. We talked about that endlessly, but the 91 points of articulation and the deco. It's not looking good for the funding as of right now. You know, it's looking unlikely. Yeah. Sean's face, even Sean, who's so poised, is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you had another episode on this specifically, so we won't belabor the point too much, but it just doesn't feel like a popular character to 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 release where you need people to fund it, right? Like, you kind of need somebody that's more universally loved than Ant-Man, would, yeah. would be my opinion, but you know, maybe, I mean, maybe at the last minute you're going to see everybody come in and, and start backing up. We're, we're at 6,000 backers right now, and we have seven days, five hours, and 40 minutes. <sighs> I, know. I mean, I I was pushing just a big pile. Uh, you know, Jamie Jamie Madrox from X Factor Investigations. I was dressed as Jamie Madrox from X Factor Investigations. And Dwight is going to consider my idea of just a big pile of Madrox. <laughs> he should be an army builder. They should just, like, the retro card uh, multiple man. They should just release him on Hasbro Shop. Just Freaking army builder. I know, Dwight, you heard us, Dwight. Yeah, that's a free one. You can use that for free. <laughs> but we didn't get any major reveals from Marvel Legends. They were very clear we weren't going to get any Marvel Legends reveals. And that's really upsetting because historically at New York Comic Con, we have gotten reveals. But, you know, with, with PulseCon and like the monthly streams that they do, I think that's just how they're going to be releasing the figures. And And why wouldn't you? That's their own venue to do so. Right. And and they they're they're able to latch on to like the Marvel booth, and they were situated right next to the Spider Man two for the PS five, you know, booth with the with the setup. So the entire Marvel experience I thought was really great. But I don't know, I don't really go to like the big like booths as much as I should. But I will say I think H and M was there. I'm seeing a lot of stuff kicking off the festivities when we saw them on Thursday. So it's a good vibe there. It's always a good vibe. One of the only panels we went to, well, we went to, I went to, and I was supposed to go with Scott, which was the Critical Role D&D panel. Uh, and thankfully, I had a friend with me from out of town that was waiting with me in line as I was looking at my watch to see if Scott was going to show up in time, um, which, spoiler alert, he did not show up in time. For it. Uh, we, as we discussed earlier, went perhaps a little too hard uh at barcade and um that was one wild night at barcade i was not making a 10 a.m it was 11 don't even sell yourself another hour i wasn't making an 11 a.m uh panel but i did get there by noon um as uh severely hung over jamie madrox so i was fitting the whole noir investigation (laughs) thing going on and uh if anything, I should be applauded for the foresight to show up uh, like that. <laughs> you know what? You looked absolutely fit for the role. I agree. And you, Sean, wore Jason Todd, who, of course, yes. was resurrected in the Lazarus Pit. So quite fitting for you as well. Hungover, oh, but used... back among the living. Yeah, though I probably could have used another few hours in the Lazarus Pit because... <laughs> Uh, after the Critical Role panel, which for anybody who's a fan of the show, um, it was quite quick. It was about an hour long. Um, interestingly, I feel like the moderator asked a lot of questions that was at a recent panel they did, I think, at like Rosewood Comic Con. Um, so, you know, I'd imagine they're going to release it on their um, their podcast stream anyways, if anybody, you know, for all of those people that weren't able to attend and see it but um there was no massive reveals of anything i mean it was interesting and always great to see the cast if you're a fan but you know it's one of those things that in retrospect i told scott i was like i don't think you missed anything mind-blowing from that yeah i i read some stuff online um it like you said it seemed like it was basically a retread of like the rose uh rose city i think yeah it's the portland portland comic-con um so yeah it was great. I mean, like, that's not to like knock roll past. There were so many critters at the convention. People were excited. I saw more um, Imogens and Laudnas than I am probably ever going to see in my yeah. life. And it was great. It was great to just have that community feeling and the turnout. I did feel like um, out of places, you know, in dresses, Jason Todd, surrounded by a million Laudnas, Ferns. 
um uh, yeah and uh and imogen like you said but um no you know as a big dnd fan it was still really good nonetheless i think that's the only panel any of us went to wasn't it yeah i i didn't go you, well scott you went to the marvel panel on saturday right briefly um the my i i was trying to get out like stuff to you but so many people were trying to use the internet simultaneously that did didn't pan out and i had to go get um i had to go to a signing for an author so i was like well i'm not getting anything out of here anyway so <laughs> yeah i i didn't go to any panels i you know i do miss going to panels at new york comic-con pre-pandemic you could just walk in to these panels you can go to like the marvel video game panel you can go to cup of joe you know when joe casada used to do those there was there was a line to get in but you would get in and you would be able to sit down and now this year you had to like what pre-register and get a qr code just to get in i was like i'm not about that life i mean i can barely like manage my own schedule i'm not going to sit down and like click all the panels i want because i don't even know the panels i want you know, but they weren't even checking QR codes. No, they weren't. That, so that's um, interestingly the Critical Role one because I didn't get um, I didn't get a reservation for it. The day it went up, um, I remember I think I was like working, and you know I said I'll get to it later, and I didn't. And I was a bit disappointed, and it was actually Hammy who messaged and said, "Oh, I've got a reservation for it. I'm not going to go to it. Um, you can have it." And then since Scott didn't show up, I was like, "Text me your reservation. I'll give it to my friend." And Anyways, and, and they were really like calling out there as you get got up to around where the um, the panel was. They're like, you know, you have to have reservations to go in this line. If you have reservations, if you don't, go into the overflow line. And so we went and obviously in the reservation line. No one ever checked it ever. We walked in, <laughs> the seat. And interestingly, while it was like full-ish, there was definitely plenty of empty seats. So I'm yeah. not sure why, because um, I don't think they ever let the overflow people come in. Randomly. wow yeah, so it was, yeah wow interesting i guess that's a tip you know what in the future if you don't get one just try your luck at walking to the reservation <laughs> line and then go oh my phone died I <laughs> power of x-men does not condone no uh no we're so me. honest here no do not deceive yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. really innocent here we don't do that at all um yeah it's I, the panel schedules in the past have just always been really great New York Comic Con. This year I was just kind of like, I really wanted to be on the con floor, see everything, see the booths. You know, another thing we were able to check out was the Diamond Select booth and we saw the Marvel Select Archangel and I'm so glad we saw him the day we did, Scott, because he had the alternate Warren head with the blue, like with the blue hair, the blonde hair out and it looks so good. It It truly is beautiful. Yeah, it was uh, it was really impressive to see it um, up close, and I mean it's going to be popular. And there's a Marvel Select Annihilus coming out as well that I know Namor Cosplay was texting me about. He was you're like, oh my god, I'm so excited for this. And I, in that regard, I think Diamond always has like solid things. They had like the X Men animated series bus, you know, they had a big one of Cyclops, they had one of Psylocke and Apocalypse, so they looked really good. I mean. Diamond Select was was amazing, and I wanted to experience it with Pedro. But with the, when we were walking there, since you guys were in cosplay the following day, um, Pedro and Jeff were walking ahead, and they made it to the Diamond Select booth. And by the time we got there, they had already moved on to Hasbro. So that is the one thing I will like. The con is very much like a music festival. You go with a group of friends, and then you inevitably end up spending the majority of your time looking for your friends because they've either walked off and they got lost in the crowd, or trying to text people to go, "Where are you? Come meet us at this booth." Um, yeah, if if you want to actually go around and do things, like like Hammy, the first day, he's like, "I'm not talking to you guys. I'm not meeting up with you. I've got a list of things I actually need to get done um, and get <laughs> things signed." And I think it was only really on the Saturday when he had like done all the things he needed, right? That we spent any like significant of time together. Um, and I totally get it because I went with no agenda, and I just and especially when you're in cosplay too, because you get stopped for pictures, or if you see somebody you want to take a picture with, um, you end up holding up your friends, and yeah, you end up just spending a lot of time trying to do logistics so unless you're happy with that i'd say if you if you really want to laser focus the con either go alone or go with like one buddy 
and just get get your stuff done because if you're a big group you're gonna end up meandering a lot which i love by the way i'm not that's not i'm a neander i'm a neander i love it Uh, the mutant shop pop-up the the heroes and villains brand are doing an x-men 60th collaboration and they basically designed this pop-up that's supposed to be like Xavier's study. And they have Letterman jackets, vintage like X-Men tees of Rogue and Storm. And it was the talk of the convention. And we posted that on the Instagram page in collaboration with Ralph from No More Mutants. And I knew it. I knew that was going to steal, like going to be the most popular post that we post over the weekend. Because everyone loves that kind of like X-Men clothes and those collaborations i mean obviously you know even with like the kid stuff it does so well but that that booth was completely swamped and we were able to talk to the marketing director who also was like the designer and sort of had the vision and he was talking about how he had seen another store do a pop-up for another brand that they had initially wanted to do but they were like you know what they kind of claim that we we think we could do it better but we're just not going to push ourselves you know to go to war with this other brand so they did the x-men one and it looked beautiful it was so great it's great display a lot of just like classic inspired x-men merch um i was walking around i was dressed up as kid omega unfortunately no kid omega merchandise next year next year next year that's what we want (laughs) um it was great it was great everyone was super nice what I think was so smart about it was not only were the, were the products like quite cool, is that the booth itself was such an, um, a draw to take pictures at oh, because yeah. the way it looked like you know walls of the mansion with portraits and paintings of the different characters as if you were in you know just a hallway of the mansion. So even just you had a whole bunch of people just standing by the booth taking photos. I mean, we, you know, Scott and I got a ton of photos there dressed as Kid Omega and Cyclops. Um, so I think you know if. It's something that's actually really intelligent if, if you have a booth at Comic-Con with enough space to do something like that. Because I'd imagine, you know, it wasn't just a table. It was like a, a pretty large space. But um, making that kind of interactive display in and of itself just draws people to it. Yeah, and you could tell it was supposed to be Professor Xavier's office because there was a giant portrait of Professor Xavier. And that is exactly <laughs> what Chuck would have in his office. The portraits looked great. Uh, you know, we had Rogue, we had Cyclops, we had Juggernaut, there was Phoenix, Magneto. They all looked great. It was, it, it really was, they stole the show and, and rightfully so. It was, it was definitely a fun booth to go to. Let's see, what else did we do? Oh, oh, I proved the Chris Evans stands wrong. The haters, the Chris Evans haters, because we did a photo op with Chris Evans. And while we were doing the photo op, I was like, Chris, were you at this bar in Boston a week and a half ago? And he was here like, yes, yes, I was. And I turned around to be like, you heard that, guys, but you guys had already been ushered out. So I was left alone with Chris Evans. And I was like, now this is my chance to like ask him for like a video (laughs) so he could say he was there. But then the security guard kind of like pulled me away. And I was like, Chris Evans, clear my name. And he was here like, I don't know how. And that's it. And that, was was it. and that was it. And I was gone. No one I will mean, ever. That, no one that. can corroborate that story, Dayspring. So I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone told me I had made that up, or someone said it in the comments that I was, I was just a plant for this entire story to help build up the fact that he was married. It's it's so it's ludicrous the amount these stands are. And yet crazy. You keep, yet you keep engaging with it. Why? I know, I know, I know, because I have nothing else to do. Because at four in the morning, when you bitches are asleep, I'm awake on my phone, responding to every single trolling comment. But I think Chris, he he had really good energy. I think we're all happy to see him. Does yeah. he look as good in real life? I thought he was very handsome. I mean, I think you and Scott are more handsome. But... Oh, you're <laughs> a dirty liar. <laughs> I, I am because my husband, my husband's in that photo too, and I thought he looked so much hotter than Chris Evans in that. I was like, yes, I married good. You keep provoking the Chris Evans. <laughs> They're going to come after Jeff now. <laughs> but I think another good component of Artist Alley, and and they were they they had sent like a press release, you know, about this. Um, was was Artist Alley. And how it really is the heart and soul 
of New York Comic Con. And I have to agree, there was a reason why Hammy was lost in there for like days. And yeah. why when Michelle landed, she immediately went to Artist Alley as well. I mean, well, she stopped for photo ops because she was Emma Frost and Justin was Tony and they recreated the wedding, you know, cover. But she went right to Artist Alley and it has a very robust Artist Alley, better than any other Artist Alley out there than Megacon and even San Diego, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, professionals from you know, Marvel, DC, uh, Image, other companies, um, people were freelance, but well-known. It was whole spread of creators, artists, writers, and it was it was great. It was great to be able to see everybody. It was great to talk to people. I mean, you, uh, Dayspring, spoke to Art Adams. Yes. Quite a bit. I- almost wet myself talking to art Adams. And it was one of those things where I was like, I have so many questions for you, but I don't know what to ask. Cause Holy shit. I'm talking to art Adams, you know, on the fly here. And you know how I feel about that long shot mini series. I mean, yeah. that is such a defining series for me. It's one of my comfort reads and we've spoken with Anne Nascenti. We've reached out to art in the past, but we've never been able to get him on the podcast. And just to have him there IRL, I spoke to his publicist agent, whoever it was there. And I was like, hey, I have an X-Men podcast. You know, is he taking quick interviews? And I thought he was going to say no. But he was here like, yeah, let me ask him. And Art stopped what he was doing, got up, came to me, and and we spoke for a good, like, three minutes. And that, that interview, the full interview is on YouTube. But I, like, fangirled out. Like, I was dying talking to him. I had absolutely... I, I, what do you say to to Art Adams that hasn't already been said to Art Adams? You know, partly like what's great about New York Comic Con is it does attract these like big, big talent and like industry legends like Art Adams and of course Chris Claremont who was there as well, um, Rob Liefeld. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know what I. It evaded me that he was there. I've I obviously follow him on Instagram, so it it just it went over my head. But I would have I would have screamed if I saw him. I I told you I saw him at WonderCon, just browsing around, you know the the comics, and I tried to get a photo of him, but he was moving really quickly. Um, I did get one of him with Scott Labdell. They had like kind of like come together, and you know they kind he, of he was, moving, he was moving so quickly you couldn't see his feet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we also, we got to speak to, um, the creative team behind, uh, the current X-Force run, uh, Ben Percy and Josh Kassara. And they uh, fanboyed over you because you were Kid Omega that day. Yeah, that was, that was for, for me, you know, (laughs) as a character that I, you know, it was to get like sappy and serious. Uh, I, I really love Quentin Quire for multiple reasons and it was great to actually be able to talk to these two guys who've done a lot to define him in the post Morrison, post Jason Aaron, Christina Strange era. And, um, it was, it was great. Yeah. And I got to talk like design details with Josh Kassara and we spoke to Ben Percy about like the character arc and why Beast is a war criminal. And it was just like, it was great. I couldn't ask for anything else. And you, you you gave the good question of are we going to see Wonder Man? And Ben Percy was like, "Huh, no one's ever asked me that." Anyone like that? Well, you can't see this at home, but he started like you know playing with his chin, like thinking about it. So I think we may be seeing Wonder Man in X Force. There's, there's always room for Wonder Man. <laughs> I have to say that because I was just kind of standing there uh, as you guys were talking to him. Um, because he did, he did point out. He said, "Oh, I'm not a Cyclops fan," so I was like, "I'll just, I'll take a step back." Um, but when when you guys were done, I turned to Scott, who is, you know, usually quite stoic, and like the biggest smile on your face. I was like, "This is the first time I see you actually beaming with like excitement about anything." Like you just looked like you were on cloud nine, having had that conversation, and. Um, I, Scott's too humble. They won't say it. I mean, he was gushing over Scott's costume. He was asking Scott to take pictures with him. Um, it was a really cool experience. Both of them. That Both yeah. of them saw Scott and yeah. they were just like, oh my God. Like, they were like, I want a picture with you. Yeah. And literally anyone else, like, they were like, okay, let's take a group photo. Now everyone leave because I want yeah. one with just exactly. Scott. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> ben, 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 ben Percy put it up on his Instagram. And I was like, <laughs> it's like we did it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, they had such good energy and such good vibes. I, I'm really happy we got to speak with them. We also got uh, to speak with Valerio. Is it Skeety? Skeety. Uh, Skeety, yeah. Skitty. And we talked to him about, you know, all his work with the with the axe office, with Sword and obvi- and, and Gods, which we all three of us have read issue one of Gods. Yep. When issue two comes, we'll we'll bundle our thoughts about it together. But Valerio was so approachable, so nice, so humbled. And and he was like, I just cannot believe I'm working on this huge project again with 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 with, with Hickman. So yeah. It was he was such a wonderful, kind person. I enjoyed speaking to to him so much. I finally tracked down Zoe Thorgood, who is one of my favorite creators. She does a lot of indie stuff. And I, I went up to her. I was like, can I ask you uh, some quick questions for our podcast? And she said, like, yes, of course. And I was like, oh, he's, OK, it's X-Men focused. So I'm just going to ask you, you know, about some X-Men stuff. She's like, oh, I don't really know that much about X-Men. And I was like, oh, it's OK. Let's just take a selfie then. <laughs> and yeah. I got a selfie with her. And um we got to speak to um Jonas uh you got to speak to Jonas Scharf, uh yeah. the artist on uh Dark X-Men with the writer and friend of the podcast and guest multiple times, Steve Fox. Oh so good. And and he's really he he told us we have a lot to look forward to in, in Dark X-Men. And, you know, I, I try to probe him on who's going to be wearing the Goblin Prince outfit. And he just like gave like a coy smile. Who do you think it's going to be? Should we put our, our bets? Did we? I think I said Ben Riley. Did I say Ben Riley? I think you did. I think I said uh, Ben Riley. I'm, I'm going the wild card route and guessing Maggot. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think, Sean? Gambit? <laughs> you know what? I was going to say Gambit. I was going to say Gambit, too. Let's see. Let's let, let's see. He said Steve said I was close when I said Ben Riley. So it makes me think that it may be a Spider-Man character. Well, who else could it be then? I mean, who else is in Dark X-Men? Yeah. Uh, uh I mean Havoc, Azazel, uh Albert. I don't think it's gonna be Albert. Uh, it's um, gonna be um the one with the mask there from Gen X. And played. It's gonna be and played. <laughs> oh man, so I'm really excited for that. And we got to speak also with Mahabe Masar, and he drew X-Men Red and obviously among other 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 stuff. And I asked him, how was it like drawing our God Queen, especially when she was coming back to life? And we talked about that splash page in the first issue where it appears that the production team of dark Phoenix saw it and modeled some of Sophie Turner's looks off of that splash page. So it was all good stuff. It was a wonderful trip to artist alley. I, I I saw that there were multiple people there that I just didn't, we didn't have time to hit up. Like David Nakayama was there. I felt like I, I, I missed him again with Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's a wonderful writer. I've interviewed him over at Masters of Comic Books with Cole. I couldn't get to him. I don't know if Jed McKay was there. I like Jed McKay quite a bit, but I don't think I saw him there. He, he was. Cy Spurrier. Uh, oh. Current. Yeah. We, we went by the two or three times we went by Cy Spurrier's um, yeah, there. table. He was either at one of the Marvel like panels or it was lunch and it just didn't work out time wise. And of course, I mean, the, you know, the, the King of X, Chris Claremont was also there, but Claremont, if you ever encounter Claremont at a larger convention, like New York comic con, there's always such a huge uh, line and you never want to be the guy who like monopolizes his time with like the giant line so we didn't we didn't get to claremont but you know another time yeah i'm sad we didn't get to size spurrier and and teeny howard i would have liked to have spoken to both of them we went by teeny howard's booth she wasn't there sadly and i feel like i missed her at WonderCon as well and tom taylor was there as well but yeah. he had such a long line as well i mean not as long as claremont's but i don't like lines 
you know, I, I try to jump in like right there or like just cut and be like, hey, we're pressed. We just need to ask like two or three really quick questions. Um, but no, I think the artist alley was really robust. Again, going to the size of New York and, and you were saying it, you get the really big names because again, if, if you were, let's say, MCM in London, the artist alley has people, but it's not to the the uh, the fame i'm not gonna say caliber because they're just less well known and work on less mainstream projects but you know it's not the household names of the artists and, and the writers that you'd get at the new york comic-con yeah i think mcm when you were there in may we were looking at the list of people who were there zoe was there and so was alan davis but i i imagine alan davis is like jim lee it's like impossible and chris claremont's like impossible to get to them unless they they have like a dedicated like press space which is nice but what also came out of New York Comic Con were trailers for Scott Pilgrim and Invincible Season 2, two projects that I love very much. Unfortunately, we couldn't get to Robert Kirkman this time just because his schedule got really full. And then they wanted a Saturday to be like an, a, as part of the roundtable where you can only ask him like one question and like you have to shout at it. So it just didn't seem worth it, especially if he's going to do like a publicity tour for Invincible and we're already on that distro. But yeah. I think Invincible looks great. The animation looks so crisp and I am so excited for Scott Pilgrim. That is, I love the comic and I love the movie. So I, I'm hoping I'm going to love the anime as well. We, we talked about it before. I'm not a huge, well, I'm not a not a Scott Pilgrim fan, but I've never read the uh, the comic and I've only ever seen the movie once. So um, I'm, I'm excited that you're excited, Spring. I think yeah. if you were in your early 20s, in, in the What do you mean years- were? Were, or still are, but in the years of 2005-2006, Scott Pilgrim captures what it was to be in your early 20s and during that era. So, I'm pretty happy. And, and to be a guy with a very strange relationship. And, uh... <laughs> it's not without its faults, I'll tell you that, but it, it's fair. But um, I enjoy that quite a bit. And Invincible, I've I've read the entire comic you know, run and and I'm really excited for season two, and it looks like they're amping things up quite a bit. Yeah, it's so, it's going to be based off of a interesting part of the whole Invincible arc after the end of of season one. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it's going to be good. Invincible is dropping November third. That was officially released on the at the end of the trailer. But the big thing was, of course, the Marvel panel. That Scott, you were at, and you were trying to send me everything while I was on my train. And of course, I had no reception on the train. I was like hitting refresh, refresh. But we got more information on the rise of the power of X. It's not power of 10 or powers of 10. It's powers of X and fall of the house of X. And it's how, how, how do you feel? Uh, how do you guys feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm part of that that camp of X Men fans that really doesn't want to see the Krakoa era end. Uh, but I am excited to see what is going to come next. Um, you know the the artwork and the imagery that they posted was great. It was in keeping with the. Um, sort of the spot, the page that they, the image that they always do at the start of like House of, um, so X Powers of 10, Reign of X, Inferno, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it was interesting. You had a bunch of characters in their 90s costumes. Um, you had some other characters appearing in the image sort of for the first time. I I loved, um, I mean, I was dressed up as Quentin Quire. Quentin Quire was on the cover. Uh, first time, and I was just like, "Yeah, we did it." Uh, <laughs> and I, yeah, I was dressed up as Cyclops, and I was so happy to see that he made the cover too. Because that's yeah, so rare. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cyclops, Cyclops is actually like front and center, like like he's man spreading. Man spread. I mean, this is audio only; you can't see it. I'm doing like the man spread, but um, great. Chuck still has the beard, looking good. Colossus has like his Age of Apocalypse Locked costume, up. which was sort of like, oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I, are yeah. they? Are they? So my question was: the left side is all the modern-looking X-Men, and then on the right, it's sort of like the TBT X-Men. So are they? Is this a story? Is Rise and Fall going to be a story that spans multiple timelines and multiple, you know, eras, or 
are they going to be like like when they when they resurrect are they going to reboot themselves with earlier versions of themselves like we know that's like a thing and obviously beast is only rebooting you know or backing up his uh up to his avengers years so that's why wonder man's going to be appearing in x-force yeah um well it's i think it's it's interesting because um one of the two books is going to be set 10 years into the future Mm -hmm. and one is going to be contemporary so like in the future there's like miss marvel in the captain krakoa armor um you know there's uh iron man armor that looks like it might be emma frost in the iron man armor uh with like krakoan stuff mixed in with it and there's it, it like it's interesting um of course, looming in the background over the whole image is the mansion. Yeah. But the Krakoan Gate is still there. Not as active, but I'm wondering if we're going to get our cake and eat it too. Like, fine, maybe they won't be on an island, but they're going to still have Krakoan technology incorporated. They're just going to put the mansion in Krakoa, and then everybody's going to be happy. I'm an advocate for that. Just put the mansion in Krakoa, and that's it. Shut us all up. Shut us, shut us, shut us, the ones who want the next. Um, someone DM'd me this, and I thought it was really astute. And I want to give the proper credit, but I can't remember who said it. But so, Captain Krakoa right now is uh, a terrorist, and he, they didn't believe that Kamala would don that costume, that she she would revive that costume ten years later, given how terrible the uncanny Avengers Captain Krakoa is, that she wouldn't wear that. I thought oh, that was interesting. It, it, it is a very powerful war suit. Um, so, you know, clearly whoever is currently wearing it, whether it's uh, some people speculate a nuke or if it's um, Hydra Cap or whatever, I guess in that timeline, she gets it. She or, gets it. She reclaims it. Or Forge well, builds another one. What if the twist is she's actually a villain in the future? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people thought that that was Moira. Multiple people on on our YouTube page was like, "Oh, I thought that was Moira, not um, not Kamala." And, and I get it; like the haircut is similar. And if you're looking at it quickly at a glance, you know, um, Emma though, if you, at the trailer is shown to be killed by Nimrod and Orcus. So I wonder if that that the Stark armor is her maybe revived or she's not necessarily dead she's in her diamond form but her arms and her legs are shattered they're gone so there's some i've already heard some theories that it's her in the armor with krakoan tech to replace her um arms and legs this isn't the first time emma frost has been shattered (laughs) This isn't the first time Emma's been disembodied. It's not even the second time. <laughs> so she got shattered, and then in Uncanny, her arm also blew off when they were going up against the Celestial. And how did they fix it then? Oh, did they just re... re uh... <laughs> they, like, super glued it. <laughs> yeah, so they say, do they just, like, find all the pieces, and they, like, very, you know, delicately glue her back together? It was really quickly. It was, like, in behind on, like, a panel. Like, I even, like, I called someone out on it. I I, I was like, no, they never showed her... Regla- it was probably Flink. I'm like, they never showed us how she got her arm back. And they're like, no, Uncanny, whatever issue it was, fifth page. It's right there. It's a blink if you miss it. They put it back. But I, with with stuff like that from that era, you can just go, oh, it was elixir. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I think all that looked good. I'm excited for it. You know, Magnet Resurrection of Magneto was official. I mean it was announced already, but we got the full announcement and it's gonna be four issues. Yay! Four issues of Magneto's return and it's gonna deal with Storm bringing back finding a way to bring back eric and again a lot of people were passionate about this because someone kept saying that i don't believe storm would bring back eric i think storm would respect his wishes of not wanting to be resurrected she also knows him as max (laughs) um but no like not not to be not to be like flippant but they develop a really deep relationship throughout the course of um the early part of X-Men Red, and that's actually become like a plot issue with Storm and Charles Clash uh, yeah. over that, and um, 
you know, maybe he's going to come back from the waiting room, but Scarlet Witch. The Wanda Great. Clown. The, the iCloud Wanda gave everyone. The iCloud, but you have to want to come back from it. So Ah, maybe. interesting. Oh. Well, there's like green goo there, like surrounding his helmet. So I don't know if that's going to, if that plays a role in his, his return. But speaking of the dead returning, we also got the announcement today of Dead X-Men. Yeah. yeah. By uh, <laughs> our, our friend Steve Fox. I'm so excited for Steve. So I think this might be, you know, we we had a lot of times where we said, oh, the X-Men vote, it didn't matter, they killed everybody, how dumb, like, you know, it's it's trolling the, the fans. We might have egg on our face if they, given that <laughs> it looks like they're going to have their own series altogether. But so this is in tradition, though, to what they always do, like the losers of the X-Men vote get their own like little side mission and then we never hear from them again. And And that's fine. I'm happy with that, but I think my first of all, in Steve Fox, we trust. So I, I am more than confident whatever story we're going to get with this, which is basically Xavier sends these dead X-Men to key moments in Krakoa's past to sort of prevent its fall. Steve gave a really beautiful quote saying that this is X-Men as pure as trying to fight, you know, to save the future and undo wrongs. And I love Steve so much for it, but how do they come back? I mean, at this point, like now all these dead mutants are coming back. Iceman came back. We know Gene's still alive. These five, Eric, they're all coming back. Sans Krakoan Resurrection. So, well, but, are we even going to. Krakoan Resurrection's back as of. Um... Right. But presumably, okay, fine. But, but, but presumably, they're still in the white hot room and they're not. Do you think that these five are going to get resurrected by the five? I don't know. Um, I mean, there's other uh, X-Men have come back from the dead you know, multiple times pre-Krakoan Resurrection. Um, I wouldn't put it past there being some other mechanism for them to come back or I mean, we know that there were backups for, and, and I mean backups in the sense of people who could fill in for other members of the Five. Yeah. Um, if one of the members of the five was down. So that could be a possibility. It could be some Phoenix shenanigans. It could I'm, be, I hope it's some Phoenix shenanigans. It, it could be Layla Miller bringing them back. <laughs> Without souls, yes, with Strong Guy. Yeah. Do you think the Strong Guy had to go through the Crucible just to be resurrected with the soul again? I thought he, he, he gets... It, it, Did he get his soul back? He got his soul back. He we're got not, his soul we're back. not going to get into the Layla Miller of it all. but um, She knows yeah. stuff. She she knows. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm excited. I, you know, more than trust in, in Steve. He got to write the Secret X-Men um, Infinity comic from last year's uh, Losers of the X-Men vote, so... Oh, yeah, he did. I forgot he about did. that. So, so, in addition to all the Marvel news and X-Men news that came out, um, something that's always fun to see at any of the cons was the massive amount of cosplayers that were out and about all weekend. Um, and so many familiar faces from the Gram. Uh, you know, notable people. Heroes for Hire was oh, there. I missed him. I missed him. He asked about you, actually. When I ran into him on Saturday, he's like, it's Paul here. I was like, no, it's <laughs> he's not here. Um, and you're like, I have to say, I flew from London with three costumes. And I was like, I don't know how I did this. Like, the packing it. He came, I mean, he was doing like multiple changes a day. His yeah. And they're like significant this. builds. They're significant builds. You know, each time looks amazing. So just getting to, to see him again, you know, um, IRL was really, really cool. Uh, who else was there? Just like lots of people you recognize from. Brittany Noel was there, who looked absolutely incredible. Um, we got to. Uh, th there was one actually I didn't get to see it in real life but I, I think Marvel regretted it there was somebody dressed as Galactus and he had like a little silver surfer figure that he was holding in his hand which I thought yeah. was really really clever brilliant um, there the was the Sentinel we the saw Sentinel the yeah. Sentinel was there the storms all three storms looked so yeah. much fun and beautiful so we, 
on on the Saturday, Scott and I tried to go to the um, the X Men meetup. Although neither of us were dressed as X Men on the Saturday, um, us and Hammy were were looking for it, and it was supposed to be at whatever side of the con it was supposed to be at at three thirty. And we get there, and somebody's like, "Oh no, it got moved to the other place, which was the complete other side of the Javits Center." Mm. And while it doesn't sound like a lot, like you know, to go through the crowds and get from one end to the other in a reasonable amount of time is a Herculean feat. So we 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 did manage to get there eventually. Um, got to see a big big group of Wolverines all together, which was quite cool. Um, yeah, there was just you know, I love to see all the creativity and the effort that people put in um that, that's what like that's what i love about the cons more than anything is just kind of standing in the massive atriums and watching the people that have these amazing epic costumes um yeah and getting to you know grab a photo with them we got to see hammy's nightwing irl his most requested look we got to see a lot of michelle's costumes too and, and michelle just kills it i mean i love i appreciate how michelle walks into a con and just knows you know she she knows where the photographers are she knows where to, where everyone's at and what booths to go to it's i've learned so much about cosplaying through you all it's it's an interesting it's an interesting community for those of us who don't partake that's yeah, a lot of fun yeah. it's a lot of packing but it's a lot of fun packing <laughs> uh my scalp is still pink after multiple washes um <laughs> so. yeah that's something i didn't so on the saturday when i did bullseye i had a friend that i was with um uh she had makeup with her so i said oh do my eyes black so under the cowl it you know it looks a little better but i didn't think that i didn't actually have makeup remover so on saturday night when scott and i were out on the town um, I definitely had a bit of a glam rock look to me because I could not get the eyeliner off, could not get all the black off. Um, yeah, so I'm going with glam rock. Yeah, I probably looked more like a skunk. Somebody, you know, you you were not the only guy out at Rise and Hell's Kitchen wearing eyeliner. <laughs> that is fair. That is true. <laughs> um, no, we listen. All the cosplays look great. I may be biased at. Our squad were my favorites. I mean, I thought, Scott, your kid Omega, like the detail and the pattern and your pink hair. I mean, you were the living embodiment of Quentin Choir. I'm sorry that I missed your Green Lantern on Saturday and your Bullseye, Sean, on Saturday because they looked so great. Like, they really did. Yeah, it, it was... Um, it was incredible the number of Kingpin cosplayers that we saw. <laughs> all of whom wanted a picture with Sean as Bullseye. And it's like, if you are a larger guy, bald man in the tri-state area, like you were there as Kingpin, and we have so many great pictures of yeah. Sean with, like, I don't know what the, the plural of a group of Kingpins is, like a gaggle of Kingpins. A, a gaggle whatever. of Kingpins. Although there was one, I have to say, because... Um... You know, we were there with one of my buddies who lives in New York, and he was just as daredevil. And the king all like, we get a photo with with him. And then my friend's like, "Oh, you don't want one with bullseye?" He goes, "Who's bullseye?" <laughs> we all were like, "Oh, you're just this kingpin dude, and you don't know who bullseye is." But that's fair. He probably only watched the the TV show, so but bullseye was in the TV show. <laughs> yeah, but sort not of. the comic bullseye. Like I did the comic book accurate costume, and not like the the Marvel. Uh, yeah, the MCU Netflix so. hero. No, yeah. or the Colin Farrell one. We shaved yeah. your head oh. the night before. Yeah, can you imagine if I just like pulled a Britney on the Friday night and carved a, a crosshairs into my forehead? But I feel like the con this year was just a lot of fun. Like it was just really good vibes. We were obviously always together. We had a nice squad going into it. And, you know, I'm sorry that Pedro couldn't go to most of it. Sadly, he was working. And Pedro's like the person you want to do these cons with because if you remember from last year, Scott, like Pedro comes in with his like Mary Poppins bag and he has everything in there. He has like Pedialyte, he has extra chargers, he has everything you're going to need. He got me like one of those camera like sticks to hold your camera and he's here like babe it's because your hand is always shaking and the camera therefore shakes and it's gets it gets people nauseous so this is why you need this <laughs> and i couldn't figure we me and scott couldn't figure out how to get like fix it or use it no i like was a gim not a gimbal uh yeah yeah i think it was a gimbal actually i was yeah. gonna say i was yeah. gonna say a gimlet but that's a cocktail <laughs> uh. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it was 
Yeah, you definitely need, you definitely need, if you're in cosplay, you definitely need a friend who's there, who's not wearing gloves, who can operate a phone and a camera, um, carry your stuff when you're taking a photo. So, I mean, I have to say, on Saturday, Hammy did a lot of that for Scott and I, because he did not go in cosplay. He just kind of had his hood up, glasses on, and um, yeah, basically came to our rescue whenever we needed a photo take him. Hammy's yeah, such a good and, human. And, and, yeah, and he kept saying, it's so weird to be on, like, the other side of this for once. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's a real, like, role reversal. But, um, <laughs> no, it, it was it was great. It was great just to be able to walk around the con with you guys, with Hammy, uh, Michelle, Pedro, everyone. All right, well, I think that is it for our thoughts on new york comic-con but guys before we go let me ask you general feels and would you recommend new york comic-con to a friend sure. so i'll go first um i put it up there as one of the really really good cons because it is it's got like San Diego, it's got a lot of releases of stuff. There's enough, you know, celebrities there if that's what you're going for. In terms of, you know, if you're going there to buy stuff, there's a tons and tons of merchants. And then if you're a cosplayer, it's it's huge for that as well. So it might not be the number one for each of those pillars, but I'd say it's definitely the number, almost like maybe the number two for each of those pillars. And therefore it is, you know, an amazing thing to go to. And you're in New York City, you know, so once the con is, is over at, in the evenings, you're in a wonderful city. So um, anybody who is looking to do a con circuit, I would say definitely a A-plus con. It, I mean, New York Comic Con is probably my favorite. Is New York Comic Con is my favorite convention. Uh, I've done it two years in a row. I can't recommend it enough. You know, it's a lot. Um, it's one of the biggest con it's probably the biggest con in the u.s after um san diego so it's big it's a lot to do um i would 100 recommend it i also 100 recommend if you are going to do it go in with a plan um because there's too much there's too much to do if you don't know what you want to do if that makes sense like, yeah yeah you're, going with a plan Going with plan, there's you can find anything, whether it's comic book stuff, whether it's anime, manga, whether it's authors or uh, Dungeons and Dragons, other stuff. Just go enjoy yourself, but have a plan. Yeah, I've been going to New York Comic Con since 2007. I first went with Wizard, and it was like the first con I had ever gone to because I never went to cons growing up down here in Florida. And I remember like Hayden Patineri and Fat Mama for, from Stan Lee's Who Wants to Be a Superhero were taking selfies together. <laughs> and, 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 and you shared the pavilion with like the anime expo that was also simultaneously happening. So it's grown so much, and I'm it rivals San Diego. It truly does. It's lost a little bit of that like industry feel. I believe it was Joe Casada who said once that like, you know, we go to San Diego Comic-Con and we're not, we're, we're just like background people. But when we come to New York Comic-Con, we, we feel like, like stars because it, that's very much like the comic book con. It's lost a little bit of that, but it's still there. I recommend it. I think if you're a big comic book person, if you want to cosplay, it holds its own. I 100% think it's it's definitely if you live in new york you know what i love about it too if you live in new york city it's not uncommon for people who have no interest in comic cons whatsoever they just buy like a sunday or a thursday ticket and they just show up or saturday ticket and they show up and they just walk around and i think it's that kind of vibe too i think it's successful it's it's new york nobody no, and nobody bats an eye at you know like just spider-man walking down the street or... <laughs> oh yeah i mean we left to get a taxi and walk several blocks in full-on bullseye cosplay like into the heart of manhattan before i could get myself a taxi to get back to my friend's house so and, yeah. oh and when we went when we left from pedro's sean and you were <laughs> in your jason todd outfit some woman stopped to look at you and she pulled out her phone i was like i don't want to be in this photo and she's like i'm not taking his photo i just look at my map and yeah. she's here like and she looks at you and she's here like, so tell us, honey, is this an everyday look or did yeah. you, <laughs> or are you a costume? It was that hysterical. Was hilarious slash quite uncomfortable. 
Dave's like, I'll get out of the way for the photo. She's like, I'm not taking a photo. I'm and not taking a photo of him. <laughs> no, it was very fun. New York. Very, very New, York. New York. All right, guys, where can the folks at home hit you guys up? As always, you can find me on Instagram, uh, the platform formerly known as Twitter, and on uh, Blue Sky as uh, Mr. Scott Free. Oh, we forgot to mention that Charlie Cox was there on Saturday cosplaying as Bluey from like that Disney Plus show that like my cousins are obsessed with because they have kids. But Charlie Cox was there and a, an Electra cosplayer recognized him and took a photo with him. I would have died if I saw Charlie Cox IRL. Sorry, Sean, where? Where where can folks find you now? I... Yeah, uh, you can only find me on Instagram. It's the only one I do under Ladvarian Lad. Uh, I mean, Scott sent me a code to join the other one. What was it? Blue Sky? Blue Sky. And I think I drunkenly texted back what kind of witchcraft is this code, but uh, <laughs> who knows? Maybe I'll sign up to it, but for now, only on Instagram. All right, Familia, we're at Power of X-Men. Do hit up our YouTube channel. We're trying to grow that. Hit us up on Instagram. Let us know your feels on New York Comic Con. And I think we're all planning to do another con together, hopefully soon in the next few months, if we can align everyone's schedule, because we had so much fun together. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. Bye, Familia.